Greetings, Bullwob listeners, and welcome to the latest edition of Best of Worst of British. You're listening to the currently raspy voice of Lorcan Mullen. Unfortunately, it's not due to COVID reasons, but unfortunately for me, it's for an even more embarrassing reason that I will be holding off until my next This Week I Have Been anecdote. Yes, sorry to shatter the illusions, a lot of the time are This Week I Have Embarrassing Incidents didn't actually happen the week that we said they did. Or maybe they did. You don't know whether I've recorded already another episode coming out in the near future. You just don't know. We're quite enigmatic in the way that we present our recording schedules for you, don't we? Yes, we definitely recorded Love Actually during Christmas time. But after Love Actually, we then discussed rounding off our trilogy of second episodes of the series... The On The Buses movies. We started with regular On The Buses the movie. Then we followed it up with the sequel Mutiny On The Buses. And now it's the series capper of Holiday On The Buses. Now, during the COVID period, we've all been recording in our own homes. And I've been syncing up the audios from our solo feeds to make it all one cohesive whole. Unfortunately for us, Tom's recording was deleted before I had the chance to use it for the editing. And as a result, I had to do what every professional would do and rely on the backup recording that I took from the Skype conversation itself of a lower audio quality across the board. In fact, I didn't do that entirely because the professional thing to do would have been to have done it right at the start when we started recording and not realise that I hadn't done that until... Ooh, 35, 40 minutes into the record. So what I've done is I've taken that uh, recording of all of our voices, and before then, I've spliced in a little bit of conversation between myself and Mike that we were able to work around without Tom's contribution. But unfortunately, because Tom was the host of this episode, and he will be taking over narrating and hosting duties after I return you to our previously recorded conversation... He was the main driver of the recording, so I wasn't able to salvage anything from just mine and Mike's voices. We needed Tom to provide the plot summary. So what I'm going to do now is give you a short summary of what had happened in the film up to the point that the recording that was salvaged picks up from. One thing I should point out that comes throughout the whole episode is that our main point of contention is that early on I point out that this film had a PG rating. This film had a PG rating. I just want to reiterate that because the first couple of sentences of my written summary of the first 30 minutes or so of the film establish why it is surreal that this film has a PG rating. So here we go. Holiday on the buses. Plot summary for the first 30 minutes. Within two seconds of the film beginning, our heroes are ogling a buxom woman. After a further 20 seconds, that woman's top falls off for no obvious reason. This causes Stan to crash his bus into the manager's car, and he, Jack and Blakey are all sacked. They bump into each other at the job centre, where they are all hired to run the bus tours for four months at holiday camp in Prestatin. They are paid £25 per week, which comes to approximately £389 in 2021 funds, which matches almost perfectly ads around Birmingham that say bus drivers can earn up to £400 a week. So, whilst it's fair to say that the house prices have gone up, Bus drivers and people working in most jobs have not had a similarly fortuitous increase in their value. Stan arranges for his mother, sister Olive and brother-in-law Arthur and their son little Arthur to get a cheap trip out of it. Unfortunately all their belongings end up dropped into the river after a big budget motorcycle and sidecar crash. Olive continues to be abused by all around her. Even Blakey gets his kicks in and is encouraged to do so by the rest of Olive's family. When not doing a bus shift, Stan and Jack are expected to do odd jobs around the campsite, including lifeguard duty at the swimming baths, where the pool water looks an alarming tinge of green. Stan and Jack use their free time and a lot of their working time to continue trying to pull birds, with a new target arriving every few days. Much to their surprise, Blakey also strikes up a relationship with the camp's on-site nurse, but she soon catches the eye of Jack too. So that's where we pick things up, And we're going to start off with myself and Mike talking about some of the more harsh elements of working a low-wage job.
shitty low-income job you have in any kind of situation, you'll find yourself doing lots of activities that weren't in the job description, believe me. I remember mm. working at Safeways when I was a student, and for some reason I was the one that had to pick the dead rat up out of oh, the, nice. in the car oh, nice. park and dispose of it somewhere. So I just went over to the opposite side of the road where there was a McDonald's and put it in one of their bins. I figured, you know, they'll probably recycle right, it. So, yep, yep. <laughs> what's, the, what's the most degrading thing you had to do at, at any of your shitty paid jobs, both of you two? Because I've had the dead rats. Can either of you top that or probably not? Um, I had to... Um, well, it's not so much clean because it was, it, was, it, was, it was in. It was, it was well in. Um, spunk in a cinema. Essentially, whoa! <laughs> yeah, spunk in a cinema. Yeah. Isn't that a Morrissey song? Spunk in a cinema. <laughs> At school, you know, kids shit themselves and throw up a lot. Um, that's fuck? not exactly pleasant. Do you remember the first time you encountered that magic trick of using sand on vomit? You're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? How does this work? There's a special spray now. You don't you don't have the sawdust anymore. Wow, is it kind of Grand, like from the granddad? Get with the get with the anti sick technology. Is it from the makers of the 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 vanishing spray on football pitches for when Almost they need to mark yeah. out the the ten yard line? <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what other grim stuff I've done. I've had a fair few grim jobs. Um, the, the, let's be honest though, Mike. This in relative terms, at least you were getting paid. What we've inflicted on you for this podcast has been of no monetary. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe top of the list. Yeah, I maybe... was a hospital porter for a bit, and oh, you often had hell. people shit themselves, and oh, they had to yeah. clean the wheelchairs down. That was pretty grim. Jesus. Um, yeah, I've had a fair few rubbish jobs, but you know, right, you've got you've got me beat then. I can't. Really I'm not. I'm not in. Uh, I'm not in customer service anymore. So <laughs> it's much better than that. Do you, ever, do you ever get staggered by your own idiocy that you didn't figure out the best way to do it? Because I was like, I'm going to have to pick this rat up. And then finally someone says, you well, know you can just cover your hand in a bag. And then you can cover the bag and then turn it inside out so you don't really touch the thing. I was like, oh yeah, I'm an idiot. Okay. That's why I'm well, being I've... paid this and having to be the person that picks the rat up. But <laughs> well, I still need meant... supervisor for it. <laughs> you talking about that, it's, compl- it's brought back to old renting experiences. Um where the uh, the next door neighbours and the landlord, when I was like 18, I just moved, literally the first place I rented when I was like 17, 18. And the landlord I was renting off and next door neighbours, they'd obviously had a fight or something. And like the very first night, I'm 17, 18 years old, <laughs> don't know what I'm doing with the world. And yeah, they put a rat through the door, <laughs> like a dead rat through the door. And I thought the best way to do it was get a Pringles tin. <laughs> and just like pop it in and then chuck it in the bin at Tesco. And just like, that was just so like... So it was you! <laughs> oh, you wandered, you bastard! Well, then there was there was one flat I stayed in Edinburgh, and there was nearly every other day there'd be a dead rat as you stepped outside the um, the pavement. You open the door, oh, there's one there. It's like yeah, it was just you shared yeah. a place with a reviewer or something, <laughs> <laughs> or a student improv troupe. What's the, what's the story behind? No, it was it was it was Leaf. It was down that way, uh, oh, so it was a bit out of Edinburgh. It, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like so. I've had some experiences of dead rats whilst I'm living in places. So it's just uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but Pring- Pringles to top, perfect, Pring- perfect for it. And afterwards, you get to eat some Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> well, I assume you've made the. T- oh. Oh yeah, empty the tin first. Oh. <laughs> Sour cream and mm, scabies. <laughs> right, so we're at the poolside. Yep. Uh, Stan spots Mavis and goes running over, breaking the very rules he swore to uphold. Although I do love this this one sequence because when it looks like Mavis and Stan are finally alone, Mavis's mom appears from the pool. <laughs> Just like some sort of Godzilla of hatred going, Brah, bring me my towel! And then Olive gets body shamed by her own husband for wearing a bikini. She's fine. She looks fine. Yeah. She <laughs> yeah. looks great, if anything. Yeah. Got curves in all the right places. <laughs> it's a horrible, <laughs> sexist way of putting it. It's basically Even her crime, having Jeff short Jeff. sides. Is that basically her crime? Yeah, having, having glasses, sides. essentially. Yeah. yeah. And also that accent. She does have some popularity because the possibility of people seeing her ass and vagina has people jumping into the pool. <laughs> also, we get domestic abuse now because Arthur kicks his wife up the backside into the pool. Yep. Oh no, that's that's just that's not domestic abuse. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> when you're in the sw- when you're at the swimming pool, <laughs> oh. when you're at the swimming pool, kicking someone in the bum is funny. Oh, no, man. it's not. 
That's not acceptable. You're wrong. It's funny. I'm going to have fun editing around you saying, that's not domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to bring that, that up a... in a multitude of episodes going forward. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little kick in the bum. That's, I don't, yeah. He did it aggressively. I'll give you that. Yeah. That's my point. Bare ass is bare breast. This is a PG. What the fuck kind of moral standards do people have in 1973? That continues to this day, according to the BBFC, anyway. Mm. I guess they must have gone, oh, they gave it a PG back in the day, it'll be fine. But again, I, that was my note. Arthur is like, kind of... He's not ripped, but he's a lean, mean fighting machine, as far as guys go is, eh? Unless it turns he's out he's like 32 rough. or something. But like, <laughs> there's a bit where he's got a white shirt on, and it's kind of like, it's not Marlon Brando in Streetcar Named Desire, but it's not Jack Black in Tropic Thunder either. On the scale, it's down Brando's side more than the other way. But I think it was just that weird thing, like everyone was like dying of heart attacks at 55. Two, but like throughout their whole life have 32 inch waists. I don't know what's going on with it. <laughs> Talking about, I went to go buy some jeans today. Oh, that's because this is how exciting my life is. Same shop, three different pairs of jeans, three different waist sizes. Yeah, it is <laughs> Just, weird. It's so weird. Like the black, a little pair of black jeans, obviously. They were 34s. Uh, the blue pair were 34s again, but like way too baggy, which I'm, I'm, I'm not a 34. Um, and then another pair was like 38. It's like, what, what, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, it should be like a universal thing. Like for yeah. me to get a t-shirt from one store is a lot more difficult than another. Yeah. So obviously as a husky gentleman, uh, I, I buy a lot of my stuff from Giacomo and I find that quite reliable. Mm. I bought some stuff off ASOS a while ago, specifically their big and tall section. And it was just like being hugged by aggressive bear. <laughs> it was horrible, but th- there should be some sort of regulation where it's a universal yeah. size. Well, if you if after a very generous thirty-four, uh, Rick Ryland's your place. So there we go. <laughs> Stan and Jack are back on bus duty, going on a mystery tour. Ooh, spooky! Stan's on a promise though with Mavis, so he decides to end the visit early, which annoys pretty much everyone. We do get one of our guest stars in this film now. Uh, was that oh, Will from yeah, Bramble who... or something like that? Step is this the basically. couple? This is Steptoe, yeah. I was going to say, who are they? Because it was very clearly no. shot as these are famous. Yeah, and I had no idea who they were. You're thinking of another couple. I think that. I know the bloke, at least, was in a sitcom or something because he notoriously did one of the worst ever performances on Top of the Pops history. I don't think it was with the woman who he's with in that film. But, oh, uh, no, no. We're, we're, yeah, no, we're, we're thinking of the couple, aren't we? Cross wires. Yeah, I was just talking about the couples and then I thought we'd go back to Steptoe. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. But yeah, he, he did um, a cover of You're the One That I Want. And yes, yes. it's like one of the worst things ever. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> I've got chills, they're multiplying. It's almost as bad as when, uh, what's his name from Heidi High? Did You've lost that loving feeling yes. on the BBC. Yeah, yeah. Baby, baby! <laughs> yeah, he's, he, looks like, he looks like an audience member for um, the very early televised days of darts tournaments, this guy. <laughs> he looks like he wouldn't be out of place on the comedians. Yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't. He's not one of the wits. He's not one of the that tells jokes. He like goes on stage and his whole act is he hits himself in the head with various objects or something like that. Yeah, he is the mallet man. Yeah, yes. Um, and he mm-hmm. and he can. <laughs> but yeah, we yeah, also uh, get Steptoe Senior, uh, Wilford Bramble, yeah. I think, in his in his native Irish accent. Is he actually from Ireland? Yes, he is from uh, Ireland. Yeah, he does. He did, he did the same yeah. thing in um, Hard Day's Night, where he plays Paul McCartney's granddad in that. That is his real um, accent. So his beer act was uh, a. <laughs> so his his what? His his beer. That that's basically half of Steptoe and Son was, wasn't it? Beer. If you could, if you could just do that <laughs> one more time for me, please. Beer. And cough. <laughs> that's not domestic assault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a bit of fun. But um, we, have, we have we have a friend uh, Luke, and we joke that when he shaves his head, he doesn't look a million miles off of what probably a young Steptoe looks like. And he was wor- he was working with my friends for a while, and they had him go out to get like a lunch order specifically so that when he walked back in, they had the music queued up. Please carry on. Then. Well, obviously, as it's time to leave the uh, the mystery tour quite early, Blakey gets even more shit than he had before for having a girlfriend. 
And then, like it's an acceptable thing to do, Jack upskirts the nurse. Well, we know why, because he's uh, he's got his eyes set on her as well. See, if he'd have done that to my girlfriend, he would not have had any of those fucking rancid teeth left. <laughs> what a twat! Like he's been evil throughout the whole films. So, you know, in the first episode, in the first first episode, <laughs> yeah. the opening crawls. Ta-da! <laughs> Oh, the, I mean, the series. Oh. Stan's girlfriend that he threatens to beat the shit out of him at one point. Yeah. He's an absolute fucking heel. <laughs> well, you saying episode, I, I noticed on uh, Amazon Prime they do have all the series on there. We could do a podcast just about on the bus. I don't have the energy anymore. <laughs> I, no, I, the first one, because of the first one, we did the whole trilogy, but it's been a hard slog ever since then. I, I can't take anything beyond the films. Please don't make yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, it's in the works. It's a spin-off. <laughs> no, that it fucking your, ain't. That could be your Frasier there, Michael. Absolutely fine with that. I can't take fine. these films anymore. I'm going back to On the Buses. I think it would be more his Joey than his Frasier, but let's crack on. Uh, well, so there, Stan... was a, there was a spin-off to On the Buses. Yeah, the in-betweeners, I keep no, telling no, no. you. <laughs> the spin-off was uh, Blakey uh, retires and moves with his sister to Spain. Called uh, "Don't Drink the Water" or something like that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And then there was talks of reinvigorating it for the nineties, where Stan and Jack are running a rival bus company to Blakey, what? but that got nixed. Well, that's true. Reg Valley did live to like his nineties, didn't he? So I guess he would have been around for it. And he came out of retirement. Oh no! Oh no! It was just Britain at the time. Unemployment was <laughs> true. Very true. So right, things where are we? can only get better, lads. Things can only get better. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up in uh, Us of Summer Wine, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he was in that. He was. I've said he was in the Alexi Sales show. He did plenty of work, but he was always it, known for Blakey. Always... And he was happy with being known for Blakey. Apparently in his later years, when he was in a retirement home, he'd be going around going, oh, I like you, butler. Like taking requests. Or if you know what? requests, just doing it. <laughs> as long as he's happy to do that, I was happy for him. Yeah. What a lovely guy. Well, That's very on, big of you. That's very big of you, Tom. Well, yeah. this, around this time, he does call it yet again. Calls them out on their shit. Calls a, I think he calls Jack a lecherous moron. <laughs> Quite right. Very Quite right. True. So, uh, Stan... and, he's, and he's and he's a man of many skills, as we'll find out sooner or later. Oh yes, yes, yes. So Stan is uh, is like I say, on a promise with Mavis to try and get back as quickly as possible, uh, nearly killing the passengers on the bus because he takes a shortcut. Which uh, goes under a low bridge, which almost kills everyone on the top deck, including his own family. Yeah, but in this bit though, um, I could see why he wanted to kill them because they were having in the top on the top deck. They were having a mass um, sing along. That is enough to want to kill anyone. That right? is, I would. They don't deserve to live. Uh, when it comes to reasons for murder, yeah, that's pretty. Important. There was even a conductor. They don't deserve to live. <laughs> Have you ever been on an open tus- top top tourist bus? I've never done it. No, I've yeah, done yeah, one yeah. in London. Yeah, Edinburgh, Dublin. I think I did one in Paris as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's not not the worst idea in the world. but uh... In Edinburgh, they're great. Edinburgh, you get... In Edinburgh, you're running a risk. <laughs> you know, it's the highest <laughs> day of the year, so we'll only get rain for seven hours. <laughs> Dublin, there's a chance of it. For the fringe, it's fine because it's cheaper than like normal buses. So if you're outside, <laughs> it's great. You can just, and it's an all-day ticket, so you can just jump on and off. It is great. That's true. Right. I do get I do get a bus pass. So you telling me I've been doing it the wrong way around? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I walk everywhere now because I know I know my bearings. But the first couple of years, it, yeah. honestly, it was so much better. It was. Yeah. <laughs> we get back to the depots. Thankfully, everyone's alive and safe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and the boys are at the entertainment complex mocking Blakey for having a hobby. Yeah, how dare you like things. <laughs> it's it's just school. That's the whole thing at school, isn't it? Like the worst thing you can do is care and try. <laughs> Those are the two worst things that yeah. you can be at school. Someone who cares is someone who tries to do stuff. <laughs> and it's but, exactly uh... the same with these men in their late fifties. <laughs> Blakey tries to make a demonstration of uh, old school military style dancing. Well, he's teaching a lesson, isn't he? He's doing a whole thing. That's the weird thing, though. I remember watching the documentary. Well, not a documentary, but, you know, one of those sort of um, take them back in time experience, the whole what it was like, and they recreate, like, a 60s holiday camp, and they you know, got all the red coats and all that, and, and their job is to basically drill everyone into making sure they're having exactly the right amount of entertainment and doing things and putting on activities and getting ready for the shows. And it's like, fucking hell, mate, I just want to sunbathe. <laughs> 
I'm getting so, one, uh, one week of Skegness Sun. I'm going to make the most of it. No! Nope. <laughs> well, they, they have to cater for everyone because some people would rather just chill out, relax, unwind, and a lot of people just want to go, right, give me something I don't do at home because I need to be better than the person I am. I guess also this is before the arcade machines come in. That's, oh, that's got to be big. Yeah. On one of the holiday camps I went to in Devon, they would divide, like, you, each caravan had a number. It's either that even numbers were called the knights and the odd numbers were called the knaves, and we compete against each other throughout the week in various activities. Still learning to divide and segregate and hate even when you're on holidays <laughs> as well. Create the other, despise them. <laughs> They're different from you, you know. They get pasta of an evening. Yeah. <laughs> you're only like potatoes. You can have a holiday from everything except hatred of the other. <laughs> Fear. Fear the unbeliever. <laughs> During this segment, there's a like I say, we've been introduced to Steptoe. Uh, he's playing an old Irishman, and the subplot is that he's looking to bang. Yeah, he's obviously and... meant to be like the equivalent of the Spanish man in the holidays that yeah. goes around hooking up with all the young ladies. And uh, little do they know that it's Stan's mum that he's got his good eye on. I think it's quite a sweet storyline, actually. Fair yeah, like, yeah. They kind of, they have a good time. And then it's the end Yeah, of this it. is the most consenting, nice yeah. relationship in the I whole thought, th- three films. Yeah, I thought <laughs> for sure the reveal was going to be that he was swindling her out of money or something, but he, no, he just, just wants just to have a old, nice time. Yeah, just two old people loving. having a lovely time together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. it was during this dancing thing, this, the one, like if I notice a continuity error, that means it's a huge continuity error. I Please never, go. ever notice those things. There's a bit where Blakey's doing a dance and then something lands on his feet or something like that. And it is literally the opposite way around. Like, it's like Blakey to the right, the, the woman to the left. And then the feet are Blakey's to the left and the woman's to the right. And it's like staggering how bad a continuity error that was. Yeah, but Lorcan, they didn't care, neither should you. But that's like, I, <laughs> I know I shouldn't, and I never do. And the fact well, that the... I noticed. Shows this you brings... how bad it was and how little they cared, you know? This this brings up the big question, though. Like, Tom's so, big question. If they don't care about making the film, why did they make it in the first place? I know money. it's for money. I think the key in it is holiday on the buses. I think they all had a nice holiday. And then two hours of the day, just film this, and then we'll get on with it. I, I genuinely believe it's because Reg Varney was also doing another film in a holiday camp. He went, right, I might as well get this one out of the way while I'm here. But I mean, yeah. the money what for performers, the money was good back then. You did the summer seasons, you know, Cannonball, you know, Morecambe and Mice and stuff. They would do summer seasons at, at the... holiday camps. There was good if... money to be made. Well, I don't think it was ever good money. It was just... Of that course was it was. Bad. They wouldn't do it otherwise. Well, it, it's, it's in relative terms, again. You know, I don't mm. think any of them were having the, you know... Okay, well, getting, na- it's not the days of golden handcuff deals with ITV. It's like it's it's a living that they're making. Yeah, but it's an te- okay, okay living, but it's okay, like... Okay, television acts at the time they took the summer off to go and do the camps. Yeah. So therefore the money must have been decent. I saw... All of just the, the money in TV is not that good. Which I honestly think it was back then as well. Mm. Um, I saw Jimmy Cricket once on the holiday thing. And that was a lot of fun. I always no, loved okay. Jimmy Cricket. I, I, and he's a guy that actually kind of... It's not that he stays relevant, but he still performs. You know, he like does the Edinburgh Fringe and stuff like that. I think his daughter's a good comedian as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there still are butlins and all that. Is, is it like? Yeah. I wonder what the what would happen if like fucking Daniel Kitson decided to tour oh. those places. You still do get a few comedians touring these places. It's more sort of uh, tribute acts and like eighties yeah. bands playing festival weekends yeah. more though. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's Ches- not, it's nineties weekenders, isn't it? I guess yeah. It's, yeah, it's the people that have like gone through the cycle of the 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 ironic student balls period. They've outgrown the students, so then they have to do the holiday camps, you know, like Chesney Hawks and all them lot. Cause obviously, oh, you'll was... still catch the Venga boys down there, yeah. Yeah, but they, you know what I mean? It's like, obviously, to kids going to university now, Chesney Hawks means literally... No... I don't know who it would be now. Would it be Blue? Or whichever members of five they've got that come up there? Three, like S Club, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. S Club 3, yeah. We were talking... S Club 1, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Just Bradley there. Hang on, it stands for solo. Anyway, there's a bit of dancing going on. Uh, Blakey gets accused of being a fairy because yes, <laughs> that's just what the seventies was. And we cut to Jack seducing the nurse girlfriend because he's a son of a bitch. That's he is, why he is the worst. He's a son of a bitch. <sighs> he, <it's> just, <laughs> he's supposed to be one of the heroes. He's supposed to root for him, and every single 
detail about Jack makes me utterly despise him. He probably gets Morgan. about as much action in this film as James Bond did in the 70s. Like, I think there's at least three women for him. And that was usually what Bond was batting per film. <laughs> Lorcan, when you're editing, yeah. uh, can you clip that bit there where Tom's just massive sigh and then when it says we are watching on the buses, ah. <laughs> I was worried it was going to That's not domestic abuse. <sighs> I, could just, I could just do a series of sighs at the end if you want and you just pick up the best one. <laughs> a montage of sighs. <laughs> Anyway, uh, cut to Stan arranging to get Mavis alone on a small boat trip, but the seas are angry at his dickish ways and punish Stan with choppy waters. Poseidon is truly angry at what's happening. <laughs> Poseidon. Poseidon. Poseidon's a prude. He doesn't want anything going on. Poseidon does not enjoy this. Prude. Put your knob elsewhere. More like. So yeah, the uh, they become choppy. Uh, he becomes seasick, and Jack. Decides to take his place because he's a son of a bitch. That's yeah, why. he's the worst. I had this because, like, in his mind, they've just banged, so he clearly doesn't mind sloppy seconds, does he? <laughs> you know? Like, he thinks they're post-coital, literally just seconds Actually, earlier. That's the thought. Jack is always going after Stan's seconds. Is this is this that he's secretly who he truly wants to be with? Oh, you still have his smell. <laughs> oh. oh, Lorcan. That's the most grim thing I've heard. In and I've three heard series, that is the worst thing you've said. <laughs> you still have his smell. Fucking hell. But at least he got some fish and chips out of it in the way. Yeah, yeah. Wrapped in, wrapped in the newspaper. Did you see that one woman on the James O'Brien? She was saying one of the things she was looking forward to being out of the EU is that we can finally wrap our fish and chips in newspapers again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I expect a small amount of poisoning with my meals. <laughs> yes. I would like to read the headlines on my cod. <laughs> we now have the devil's son tying a donkey to Blakey's chair, causing him even further injury, because why not just injure the most likable person in the entire film? Uh, then the Irishman slaps Stan's mum on the arse. She cries, not in front of the children. Stan is 57. <laughs> <laughs> She's only... He's only 11 years her junior. So... Oh, they had him young back then. Oh, they started young back then, yeah. <laughs> then baby boomers. <laughs> Fucking hell. It is always right, crazy yeah. when you look back at it. It's like, by the time they were 23, they had three children. Oh, yeah. And another one on the way. He'd had so... his first heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're about far enough in the film that there's a new load of uh, holiday goers that have come down. Again, this is what you're pointing out the lack of continuity. Like, why are, why are Stan's family still around? Like, surely it's a weekly cycle. Mm. And yet Stan... Yeah, I think so some maybe, people maybe in... in and out, though. Yeah, it's maybe, like... they, maybe they're like me with Edinburgh. I always go and go in and come back midweek. So then you've got less, you know, issues with train fares. Being so, no, sorry okay. to interrupt, but um, there may be some continuity here because I've just had a nice cream fan go past and I'm pretty sure it's going to be heard on the microphone. I can hear it. So I couldn't hear it, no. Well, let's, let's not rule them out. But Tom, why is there ice cream vans going by? Well, this is Christmas. We, yeah. we established it ah, last week. No, this is now New Year. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. The, how is, the how New is Year's... everyone's 2021? <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> sure better than 2020, that's for sure. Biden's been sworn in. <laughs> oh, I've jinxed it. No, he hasn't. Let's not lie to ourselves. He's going to win again, that fucking dickhead. Well, he's not going to win. But yeah, he's he is. Gonna... Not win-win. <laughs> <laughs> So, Stan, now that Jack has presumably given Mavis HPV, turns his attention <laughs> to uh, fellow employee Sandra, which is frowned upon. Frowned! Naughty. Wrong way. He gets rid of his whole family from the chalet oh. in order to romance Sandra. But then uh, the little boy comes in, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And says, and says these lines, Uncle Stan, can I watch... Runs in a bloody family, doesn't it? Yeah, that. What the fuck kind of line was that? That's like something from the Omen. That's, I literally write he was the child of the corn. <laughs> Can I watch? I really want to work out how it all happens. <laughs> well, you didn't have porn in the seventies, did you? You got those little magazines. Yes, you didn't actually get anything. Yeah, you got magazines. You didn't get anything. They had live. entire cinemas for porn. Yeah, but he's, he can't get in, can he? I don't well, know. I don't know. I don't know. They, were probably all rated, they were probably all rated PG. 
So he was alright. <laughs> Mate, he could have got two of his mates, got a trench coat and snuck their way in. <laughs> you just haven't thought about this, have you? You know you know his Uncle Stan has plenty of trench coats that he uses. Ah, as I call him. <laughs> do you want the do you want the light autumn coat or do you want the heavy winter one? <laughs> Make sure you it like all a, the way. Like a, can't um, leave any proof. Is it like a Togs rating on Duvets? <laughs> Tom, so again, we always we often go back to your your height and uh, and everything. And you said you were always tall from a young age. Yeah. Hang out, Lorcan, Lorcan, question, question. Where oh. the fuck are you going with this? Because last thing was him being a um, a, a streaker. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was, I was going to ask like, um, I assume you were the one that when people wanted to get drinks, they thought, well, they might let Tom. They might sell to Tom. Was that was that was that the case? Were you the one that ventured in and went? And I'll have uh, a big packet of cigarettes as well, please. <laughs> I, I would like 20 cigarettes. Which ones? Big ones. Um, <laughs> the, no, the, I, the strawberry flavoured? <laughs> I was always able to get into pubs from a young age, but no one ever really asked me for booze. What? Really? He sent in the tall lad or the one with the most amount of stubble. That's what he did. I never really hung around in those circles that wanted booze at that age. Uh, really, I suppose. Yeah, I was, I was, I was very innocent as a boy. It is funny so, though. Like I remember, like uh, my my cousin's daughter, uh, she's born in September, so you know, last year of school, she's the one. Get in, get uh, into yeah. Tesco's. Get them, <laughs> get them all for the rest of us. Flash that ID card everywhere. <laughs> first to drive, first to buy booze. Yeah, she'll be popular. I will. I will say one thing that did happen when I was uh, eighteen was I was hanging around with a group from my youth theatre. Uh, we were aged between fifteen and eighteen, and one bank holiday we piled in all into Asda, and I said, "There's me and one other eighteen-year-old girl there." And I told everyone else, "Scarper out the way. Tell us what you want. We'll pick it up for you." But do not be anywhere near us when we get to the tills, or we're fucked. Because I knew if we were all there as a group, they'd ID every one of us, and we wouldn't make it out with the booze. See, my advice is just grow up in the country. No one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're not all said, billionaires, Michael. They're all they're billionaires. All, it's fucking it's Norfolk. Like, I suppose it is like uh, it's that bit in um, what is it in Hot Fuzz when he walks in and just all the kids in there well, like he's getting blinded by the braces and all well that. I must have said I must have we, ha- we had the designated we had the kids pub and like we'd go there <laughs> we know it was it was, no, it was known like, locally the at the kids pub <laughs> it was the Swanee and Bungie and we would go there after school and we knew we had it until about half eight when the grown ups came Half nine, sorry. So from like yeah, so from like five to nine, we knew we could go to this pub. They they were they were glad of the money. Drinking five to nine. Oh no, it's the bigger boys. Click it out. Yeah, basic, basically, yeah. But it was just known as the kids' pub, and no one cared. The police knew about it. It was just you know... spending your pocket money on Jaeger bombs. You should be. That was, a sh- that was always the. Key it was problem. great, honestly. It was great. You didn't have a lot of money still when you're that age. I remember we were we were trying to booze it up, like get the. Booze. I think it was actually we were the, the big booze. Big, the big booze purchase. One, one big booze, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. Like, I think this was when we like the first winter back from uni, so we're all still like 18, 19. Times. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, you're students, so you don't have money. Especially since you've probably blown it in the first three months, thinking this student loan's going to last me a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and we're getting. The, and I remember we got like a bottle of vodka. That literally mm. on a plain white black ground background with black ink, it just said vodka. <laughs> That's all it said. And I was like, I don't know. And it's like, it must be the originals. This is, you know, this is where it all derived from. <laughs> no it? fancy red ink and lettering on our bottles of vodka. See, I was always because I started drinking probably too young looking back at it, but somewhere we were like 17 and like, yeah, you could buy vodka cheap, but it was always vodka. You know, oh, which yeah. was just always horrendous. Well, you better. get like a liter of it for about six quid or something. Daft. I, I, I've never been much of a drinker ever, like in my life. I'm not now. I'm, um, I'm very yeah. much considering giving up now. But um, I was, yeah, like, I, like if I never drank alcohol again, I would not. It would not affect my lifestyle one way or the other. You know. Yeah. Although I did drink a couple of times this year, and I think I'd literally gone like two years before then of not really drinking. But when I did drink as a kid, it was like it was stupid things like the Alco pops, where it's like 
ninety percent sugar, ten percent yeah. alcohol, and you yeah. and you think your whole badass thing was to do a straw pedo, <laughs> a, a straw pedo, a bottle of Bacardi Breezer. Oh, well, hardcore, I am. Wait, see, w- I WKD Blue, you know, because all the best alcohol is blue. <laughs> well, see, I went to uni at 20, so I'd already had, like, four or five years of, like, you know, heavy binge drinking. Mm. So I was there, like, seeing yeah. the students doing, like, you know, straw pee doing a WKD. It's like, what are you doing that for? It's like, it's, like, the... it's like 2%, you know. <laughs> Sit under the learning tree. Young You're actually, like... Well, I, I didn't... The sugar, height, the sugar height overrules the drunkenness. Well, that's what vodka. That's what vodka and uh, Red Bulls for, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, no, I, I didn't. Drink so that's, what, that's what drunk people. That's what drunk people need. More energy. <laughs> <laughs> I was seventeen when I was introduced to Turbo Shandies in Hartlepool. Oh, that nice. Was, that well, was an I, interesting weekend. You see, I've just had a combat drink, but I didn't drink for 160 days, and I didn't miss it. Like, what you, I might uh, give. I might give up. I'm not. I'm not like that. I, like if I didn't drink again for the rest of my life, my lifestyle wouldn't really change. Are you more of a frequent drinker, Tom, or are you not a? Uh... Uh, I am cutting down, so I'm only drinking weekends. Yeah. Which is. I, yeah, I just want to find a drink. I just want to find a drink that isn't alcohol when you're out socially, because there's only so much diet coke you can drink in a you know an evening. I'm always staggered by like how much of obviously like certain amounts of drinking is actually a very middle class pursuit, like the people who have a dr- a glass of wine. When they get hmm. home every day, and then they write an article for the Guardian about them giving up alcohol for a month and how much it fucks their life. Up. Like, <laughs> what reality are these people living in? But like, you know nothing fu- until you've been arsehole on a fucking park bench with K cider bot cans. Just I, I love. Well, I'm finding it quite. Sorry. Oh, sorry, go for it. No, go on, go on. No, I'm just finding it quite interesting that we might have been. Um... Plus, sort of the last generation of like proper proper binge drinkers because the the kids yeah. aren't drinking now. Yeah, I was kind of ahead of the curve in that regard. So I, I think was, like already like one of those. I don't see the appeal of this. Really. Well, I think for students because uni it costs so fucking much yeah, money yeah. now. You got I mean, I've, I've still got like fourteen grand to pay off my uni loan or whatever, but that's fine. Yeah. But they're like what sixty, seventy grand in debt yeah, from yeah. doing a normal degree, so I don't think they can't fuck around like we used to. Yeah, yeah they're spending too much of the, you know food and drink money on fucking vegan food <laughs> like a beyond yeah. burger a beyond mm. burger in my store for two, for two patties is a fiver yeah you, yeah you but spend it's not a lot it's, but it's on but yeah instead of it being on on pints it's on coffee uh coffee like <laughs> cafe lattes or whatever they are <laughs> whatever I, they're and, having you know and it's very ethical sorry a, a latte is not um it's, it's not, it's not a posh know. fancy I'm not, thing i'm not a hot drinks drinker either you know <laughs> I'm trying to eliminate. Essentially, I want to just be water going forward. Mm. That's all I want my my drinking consumption to be, basically. But I just find it quite interesting that these sort of you know kids these days they are spending their money where we'd spend it on going on the piss on like gym subs, um, subscriptions and stuff. Gym, it's like, oh, also, okay. I think they like probably like to go to. I think they eat out more in more ways than one. Um, like they go to restaurants and things like that that we wouldn't have done. You know, yeah, it's, either, yeah. it's either a pot noodle or a you know or something like that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been a, a heavy binge drinker since I was 15, you know, so, you know, I'm 34 now. And it's just like, I think I'm done. It's like, there's nothing, alcohol, you know, as much as I lo- really like alcohol, I love Guinness. It's like, there's nothing new is going to be available that I don't know, you know. It's yeah, like, I've, do- I've done it, I've ticked that box, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah cut to uh, Stan and Sandra getting hot and heavy in the chalet, and Little Arthur, could they not have chosen a better name for him? Little Arthur. I love so... that. He's not, not even Arthur Jr. His name is literally like how Davy Boy Smith was called that because they put boy in the wrong category in the birth certificates. He's literally L. Arthur. <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> so, uh, little Arthur has got his water pistol that he was playing with earlier and has filled it with, uh, what was it, paint or makeup? Something, yeah. Something below, yeah. Yeah. So, um,. He then takes the staining fluids and covers the room. Yeah, uh, pretty shocking. Much to much to his parents' shock and horror when they return. Yeah. Uh, Stan and Sandra get interrupted by Mum and the Irish Casanova. Yeah, Casanova. That's yeah. his name. So it's decided that. Uh, Come on, that was good. That was good. Fair play to that. That's that was, that was decent. I was just trying to roll over it. To be honest. Um, so were they. It was decided that they can't clean, they can't pay to have the room redone. They can't afford it. 
and uh, Jack would lose. No, Stan, sorry, would lose his job. So they've got to repaint the whole thing by going into the store cupboard when no one's looking. And after a series of mishaps, Arthur decides to clean some paintbrushes in petrol, uh, which Olive decides to try and flush away. And then one way with cigarette later, and then we get a series of explosions. That was a very 1970s thing as well, to have a cigarette on the go during the entirety of a loo visit. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's like part of their home economics lessons, how to make sure... <laughs> you know. I mean, that does sound quite good, though, to be fair. <laughs> An entire leaf trip. Back on the shitter. That is, the, that is one of the staggering things when you look back at that. Just the smoking is everywhere. Like, that is why yeah. everything's stained green and brown. And, <laughs> and, you know, people look like they're 97. <laughs> That's why they're all thin, because they've just got a cigarette in their mouth. Yeah, yeah, like, fair play. Yeah. Fill it with a chocolate bar instead. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like uh, you watch I... that like in the snooker or anything like that, all the darts. Just fucking before the eight hundred meters, one of them's probably just takes stubbing out a cigarette. Just, uh, he's the... gonna pot the brown. Which one? They're all brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you get all those old, um, old, you know, footballers uh, like from the fifties and stuff, like Stanley Matthews and stuff, advertising facts. You know, <laughs> the weird thing was Stanley Matthews was actually the only one that did do a clean living though. So I guess oh, that was okay. his version of like David Beckham doing a Pepsi commercial. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about um, the Flintstones cigarette adverts as well? Oh, sorry? The Flintstones back in the 50s and oh. 60s used to do cigarette okay. adverts. <laughs> Fucking diabolical. Anyway, um, as we all know, because we all learned this in school, didn't we? Petrol, yeah, doesn't sink, floats. Yeah. So Anala tries to flush petrol away like a fucking idiot cause a series of explosions and it i almost started up a hashtag campaign saying pray for blakey because <laughs> he was caught up in one of the one of the minor explosions he blames it on some marsh gas luckily uh but he's got some bad news guys the old timey dancing is off no i was so emotionally invested that really too long dance rehearsal scene earlier on in the film. They, ch- well, they were like, "This is going to chew up a good percentage of the running time." Now we've got, yeah. now we've got a movie. Well, I've got some good news for you guys. Oliver, <laughs> Olive, Olive, and Arthur have agreed to step in, and the dancing's back on. Hey. hey. Meanwhile, Jack and Stan try to fix the broken toilet that was damaged in the explosion. After breaking her glasses at the dancing display, Olive uh, blindly tries to find the toilet, and she ends up in the wrong chalet uh, with the uh, comedy couple next door. Hilarity. I know. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. oh my god, she's blind. Um, it does seem like it does seem like they're characters from something else that we should know, like in the seventies. Well, like... every time every time they're shown, the camera just stays on for ages. Like, hey, hey, yeah. hey, look, see, see, look it's, at it's them. Like, it's, like, it's like when you watch it. It's like when you watch an old episode of Friends and a character from a sitcom that never made it to the UK appears oh, yeah, in like, yeah. a, in like oh, yeah. a crossover, and everyone goes ape shit, and you're like, like what? guys, <laughs> it's Helen Hunt. Who? <laughs> Helen fucking uh, Hunt. Guys, <laughs> it's Caroline. I'm mad about you. <laughs> Guys, it's Caroline of the city. <laughs> it's Dharma of the Greg. <laughs> uh, I think you were forgetting a little show called Party of Five. <laughs> oh, it's three of the party of five. <laughs> um... Talking of friends, have you rewatched any friends like in the last say six months? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did a binge watch like a uh, like the first time I'd ever watched it since. It Same, yeah, start a lockdown really for me. It, yeah. Aren't they the most entitled, spoiled little pricks you've ever met in your life? Yeah. <laughs> like Ross, Ross especially, is, is the a worst. Shit. <laughs> and there's just that, again, it's like you know we can't judge everyone to the modern day standards, but it's like fucking hell. Like, did we have to be this homophobic every time? <laughs> Could I be any more homophobic? Well, I think no. I don't think they could. <laughs> but it's like they are. I think that yeah, Carol and um, the girlfriend. I think they're classed as the lesbians. You know, yeah. I think that's just that was the thing. Like they thought they were the most forward, progressive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They probably were. To be fair, they had that's a gay time. wedding and no one vomited at the sight of it. But it's know? just like, but like the, the series because I said I was watching, was watching it in lockdown, and like the series before when he's he fancies Rachel. He's like 
so entitled to it. He's never yeah. even said he fancies it. He said nothing to her. Yeah. You know, she started seeing someone else. It's like, it's just ridiculous. He's, he's a prick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Weird. When you look at it, though, it's like, I don't know. I think sitcoms lay such a such a lie on our steps as to, like, how much sex we're all supposed to be having, how many partners. You know, it's mm. like, because, again, I guess on the buses as well, it's like that thing of what some of the can produce progressive storyline or something everyone can relate to the desire for sex because like growing up as a kid i was like so basically every year on average i'm gonna have at least nine or ten sexual partners <laughs> per year and you know that and that's like thinking of george from seinfeld you know that's how much he was getting you know and he was always complaining he wasn't guessing any because he had to have as many as jerry yeah. <laughs> Oh, they lied to you. <laughs> Anywho. But these um, the original liars on the buses. Yeah. So, <laughs> we cut to the staff canteen and Stan is trying to chat up the Italian kitchen worker. Yep, third, third one quick. along the line. Blakey learns that the Italian's brother, who also works in the kitchen, convenient, is very protective of her and chooses not to tell Stan. Then wants to get an intimate in the manager's home for some fucking reason. The manager comes home, leads to Stan getting locked into the house and he has to hide under the manager's bed until the manager's asleep. I, I recognise the manager. I fell asleep because I didn't fall asleep at one point. I don't remember any okay. of that. <laughs> well, yeah. no, basically she was cleaning the, the manager's house mm. and she's like, oh, well, they were out, true. I don't know, went somewhere. She's like, oh, we can go over there and we can bone in the bed. Um, and then, yeah, there was one got, vaguely got, funny got, bit. You got Jack literally standing outside. <laughs> Oh, it's probably my turn now. <laughs> I know how many strokes he takes. <laughs> I wanted to still smell of him. And uh, but no, there was there was one actually. To give it credit. One vaguely funny bit where he's trying to escape because the boss has gone to bed, and he tries to go through the dog, dog the dog door, and he gets stuck. And I just thought just the the image was quite funny of him trying to go through a dog door. That was it. Well, good to know that the whole film was made for one life. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's Mike say something nice. Has <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone yeah. the, the phrase? The next note I have is that sex maniac accusations are flying all over the place at one point. Like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the that's the catchphrase of this series. You sex maniac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How um, did anyone ever have kids? Because if you have, if you have a tiny bit of sex. <laughs> You're a sex maniac and, and, and pushed out of town. <laughs> oh, Is it this time that Mary Whitehouse was on the march or was it later oh, on? Yeah, she was all over the place by now. Christ. It was it, I think it was Till Death Do Us Part that, that set her off. Like, she counted how many bloodies were said in the whole film. Oh, but I'm sure she <laughs> would have loved the racism. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's fine with that. You know? Oh, yeah, it was just... Just the the coarseness of the I language. They, I think they asked Mary Whitehouse what was TV she liked, and I think she boiled it down to she sometimes liked watching the snooker, and that was about it, really. <laughs> so Eurosport, if that had been around, she'd have been happy. <laughs> Euro trash? No, no, no. Just <laughs> uh, reminds me of a Channel Four series that used to be on called Ban This Filth. <laughs> it was about these three women who were trying to be making television more virtuous and. Uh, they were reviewing uh, Paris Hilton's sex tape, going, ban Paris, ban France, vote UKIP. <laughs> well, I mean, now we, you know, we're in the days of naked attractions, so there's no, there's nowhere else we can go really at this point. Um, I do, I do love naked attractions. Probably once every, I don't know, once, once twice a year, uh, a producer from it will come onto all the uh, comedy forums because oh, I know how desperate yeah. comedians are. I was like, hey, do you want a big TV opportunity? I mean, guys, we've been on the open mic circuit. There are at least three people that do your shows that I can think, yeah, they probably do oh, God, it. <laughs> shall we, shall we name them? <laughs> no, that would be a shambolic thing to do. Um, I'm not even sure I want to go back to comedy. Let's lame them. Let's get, let's get rid. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I mean, it's like... I just like the fact the guy is right. Okay, we've really mined the whole um, reality TV thing. There's no one else left there. What? Who's who's lower down than reality TV? <laughs> Comedians. <laughs> oh, they they they'll, they'll, they'll do it. <laughs> we've already asked the guy whose job it was to pick the dead rat up from the park. He said, "I've got way too much dignity for that." <laughs> I was um. But it's like naked attraction in all those shows. To be fair, it's been going on for at least well over a decade at this point. But it's like, 
I remember saying, this was the shit that Chris Tarrant used to point out the foreigners having on the telly. And we go, those crazy foreigners, we'll never do anything like that. <laughs> and oh yes, we'll exceed them. Now it's like, ah, <laughs> bonjour, je suis Christophe Tarrant. <laughs> Les Anglais, actaction de l'équipe. <laughs> okay, we're nearly there, guys. We're nearly there. So, uh, Blakey. The next morning, grasses stand up to the Italian brother who assaults Stan in the kitchen. Yeah, I did um, make a note. Blakey might have gone too far endorsing on-site beatings. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Blakey's finally taking it a bit too far. Um, so yeah, Stan ends up with an arse full of eggs and soup. The manager comes in and reveals that Stan's not to blame here. It was obviously Blakey who then gets pushed through a table. Yeah, how heavy is Blakey's arse? You know? Well, it's heavy enough to break a table, but it's, yeah. it's very telling that nobody helps him up because that's what snitches get. Yeah, yeah. He's also he remember he does have gout somewhere, so he's storing he's storing all his fat deposits somewhere. Maybe he's got yeah. gout in the arse. <laughs> he's, he's skinny fats. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Blakey has to go to the nurse's office, and it's while she's there, she's also nobbing Jack. Uh. Uh, oh yeah, is that the point where she puts ten minutes later, and uh, Jack's yeah. offended? Yeah, I could do better than that. Five minutes later, ah, oh, turns out I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, Blakey believes that it's Stan who's the lover. So this leads to an incredibly low-speed chase around the park. This was quite funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, the son. You see the yeah. son at the like little Arthur, who seems to be in genuine distress in, in this scene. Like I don't think he knew they were making a film. <laughs> I think he was abducted. <laughs> Anyway, this all ends with Blakey getting the sack and the nurse leaving humiliated. That evening, they all attend a farewell dance, where Olive once again gets rejected by Arthur. Uh, on the way home, the family lose their luggage again because callbacks. Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Although, yeah, Arthur, uh, Arthur and Olive's story ends with charming threats of violence towards yeah, each other. He nearly <laughs> strikes her. It's, it feels more like Pinter than fucking on the buses. It all comes to a head when Jack and Stan find two new campers and take oh, the bus onto the beach only for it to become bloody waterlogged come the morning. When they, when they first arrive, the two new targets, one of them doesn't seem to be able to hide her concern at what's going on. <laughs> And they are, they are starting to... This was the one they're like, wow, well, they are starting to look closer to their age. It's almost not troubling. Yeah. Like, yeah. With the age difference at this point. Anyway. Almost uh, not troubling. Well, maybe they, maybe they were there at the start and just uh, four yeah. months of being there has, has aged them by 25 years. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, the, um, the bus gets stranded on the beach, which means only one thing. Jack and Stan are back in the dog here, lads. Uh, where they fucking belong and who's that helping them get a job in the employment office it's only Blakey <laughs> again it seems to follow these films seem to follow a different continuity to the series because they never like get fired in on the like I, I think in the next series because um, they're still working on the buses has Stan left the TV series at this point and the film was the last thing he did or is it vice versa uh, you did the research I can't Tom, remember <laughs> because um Anyway, to f- round the film off, uh, Blakey gets a j- stand a job in Demolition. Hmm. It is right where he belongs, ogling women from afar. <laughs> um, yeah. And that is the final of the trilogy of On the Buses films. Holiday on the Buses, guys. Yeah. It's like, hmm. weirdly, it's like the most inoffensive of the films, but the worst because of it, you know? Like it's just it's just a nothingness. It was like, I know in the, the second. In the, uh, I re- see. I remember the thing I remember about the second is it actually having quite impressive, elaborate stunt sequences. So I like I remember thinking like like I remember saying some of them were like good enough for like some others do have them. Whereas with this one, the stunt sequences are like they've not put any. You know, like we say the the motor. I think they literally repeat the motorbike with the with the luggage falling into the river. I think they do it the same, but they just switch the perspective around. You know what I mean? Like except for like the open top bus bit, I suppose that is one impressive stunt sequence within relative terms. But mm. it's just yeah. they, everyone everyone's on holiday, I think, when they were making this film. Like the, 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 the level of effort is low even for them, you know? Because I always said like there was no real narrative propulsion. There was always that sense of like three different episodes that had been put together. Like it's even more explicit with this one. It's just like woman, like 
episode one woman, episode two woman, episode three woman. And, like, that's the thing. Like, I struggled to... Like, I fell asleep. I would never have fallen asleep during the first on the buses. That was an experience, you know? It was awful, but it was an experience. I would yeah. not tell anyone to bother with either of the two sequels, you know? To be honest, to, to say that you uh, literally fell asleep, I think is the most damning thing yeah. out of all of it. Um, this took me about two goes to get through, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So it's the first one for me, all, one sitting, but that's because time. Because <laughs> yeah. we had to record um, fairly quickly, so. yeah, yeah. yeah and it was quite right. quite yeah. a quick one. Um, there was a lot. There was a lot of uh, trips to the phone, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say I'm I'm still really proud of the first on the buses. I think that's I still like when people say which one should I listen to. If I say listen to any episode, I always say listen to the first one um, because it just said so. I think it was saying so much about Britain and us and our experiences at that point. But there's just like there's nothing to the other two. And no, it's like, very true. Yeah, and. So, um, Sorry, go on. No, no, sorry, you. No, I was kind of finished there. Just like the first one is still a great experience, but if I had known in hindsight, you know, if I could go back in time, I would say you don't need to bother with mutiny on the buses or, or yeah, holiday on the buses. I mean, they're similar though in terms of like you know, it's the same sort of jokes. It's the same yeah, yeah. Um, universe. It, it's just like bleh, I mean, nothing's nothing's progressed. You know, what's crazy as well is that on the buses only lasted for five years. Like the TV series started in '69 and it finished in '74, and they managed to ring like 10 series out of it loads of episodes it was almost like an american schedule the way that they worked it and three films so you can just tell that, that like they're all running on empty at this point yeah i think i'd literally say we deserve a holiday and then the itv bosses say i hear you're going on holiday well how about <laughs> <laughs> well if it worked for mind your language um okay so let's round this off uh guys how could you have made this better well, we always we've already done the whole Ken Loach angle. I suppose just oh, would you just probably have the same enthusiasm for this one as you had for the first? Yeah, because at least the first had something going with it through the whole thing about the, the whole women drivers. You know, there was something to it. There was never anything to the second or the third films. It was just a location and just put these characters in it. So I'm trying to think of like. I guess maybe have them have a rival, like meet rival bus drivers or something like that, and then they might have to team up with Blake. You could do it like a snobs versus slobs sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know. Just something like give them something to work against. You know? What about what about yourself, Mike? Um, uh, oh, how could you improve it? Uh, right, they're at, they're at the holiday camp, but they're not bus drivers. They are mischievous cooks in the kitchen. At least that's yeah, different, you know. It's, or maybe it's even have them as red coats. Yeah, that red, yeah, that'll be very good as well. Like they, they don't know how to entertain, and then they've got to come up with different ways. Or, to entertain or they break or they break the bus when they get down there, so they've got to go and put on performances or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know. yeah like the like, and it all builds to a grand finale of the big show. You know. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know, to save the community center or whatever <laughs> and they've got to raise money to get a new bus or something yeah. you know yeah i think you've always they should have always done that whole thing there was more in them working together with blakey which they never really did they probably tried it the hardest with mutiny on the buses but the idea that them having to come together despite their differences that's the logical way you should have gone with it really mm. them having to team up but just no <laughs> yeah it's just pointless yeah <laughs> like, i like I, <laughs> it really like, was I didn't mind it. Like, it might have been more fun to just have them be on holiday and just so they're not they're not tied to the bus. Just just see this is the sort of place they would go on holiday on mm. for. And the reason that works so well is that you have established characters and you put them in a new environment. Whereas this one, they just put them into sexy scrapes whilst working on buses, but it's just in <laughs> fucking prestatin. I think I think it's kind of it, it just grind me down because like the first one was depressing because of all the misogyny and attitudes and everything. It was just kind of hideous. The second one, just ugh. and by this one, it's just like yeah, fine. I think, I, think, I know them now. I know what they're like. I, I think like yeah. I think like the second one. This time next year, we will struggle to remember anything that happened in this movie. Mm. Whereas I mean, we will, I, we will I always recall. remember women drivers. I mean, I watched it. Our lives. I watched it two days ago, and I'm struggling to remember now. So, yeah, yeah. okay, uh, let's say something nice about the film, as is always tradition. Michael, this time, uh, jaunty music, liked it. <laughs> uh, Lorcan, I'm going to claim the the romance between Wilfred Brimley, Wilfred, not Wilfred Brimley, um, the Irishman. Steptoe. 
the Irishman Steptoe and the old lady. I thought it was very sweet. It wasn't played for. It wasn't made to look disgusting like they are with Olive or anything like that. You know, it's just a sweet. They're having a good time, and you know, the Irishman is not portrayed as like some penny pinching drunk or anything like that, which we should be thankful <laughs> for in the seventies as well. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's not, he's not a scam artist, which I guess could have been another story you could have done of, like, him, you know, trying to scam the, the old lady. But instead, they just... Two old people had a really nice time on holiday. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. What, what was the nice thing for you, Tom? Are you going to claim, like, the stunt sequence on the uh, something, or...? You know what? It was quick. <laughs> it was, it was about, what, 84 minutes long? It was quick. Yeah. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! Could we be really cheeky and say, don't watch that, watch this, we do do the first on the buses movie? <laughs> yeah, why not? That's it, actually. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to watch any film other than this, just watch the first on the buses film. It is an experience. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it's infinitely better than the last two films. I want to point out, I don't condone this. So if you do watch it, it is at your it's, own will. It is still a bad film, and I would suggest maybe fast-forwarding it. But at the very least, like the first 20 minutes, like your jaw just drops at it. Yeah, <laughs> you are you it, are taken it? through a journey through time, and, <laughs> it's a and you don't of, need yeah. the other two films. That's the whole thing. Yeah, um, it felt like a snapshot of its time and place more so than either of these films. I mean, this film was kind of fun to see what a nineteen seventies holiday camp looks like. I guess you know, it's weird how impressed you are at things. Like as a kid, I was so amazed at living in a caravan. I thought caravans were incredible. horrible but like there's a moment when they go into the room and it's like oh it's got two bedrooms it's like wow (laughs) the humble English staycation which a lot of us are probably going to have to do for the next couple of years anyway maybe Butlins is about to have a big revival it very well could be guys this could be our future we might have to get the the red coats fitted I've always been curious to go and watch the Butlins wrestling scene because I saw like the cheap knockoff ones. I got like the low level wrestlers that couldn't make the Butlins tour when I got to see the wrestling at the bit. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure the WWE for a while used to do at least one or two shows at the biggest uh, holiday camp in the country. I think it was Milton Keynes. I think like for snooker players, the Pontins tournament in the 70s was like the second biggest thing you could win. After the uh, World Snooker Championships. Yeah, after the know? Crucible. Yeah. Well, No, uh, that was pre-Crucible. Anyway. anyway, go on. Uh, so, yeah, that is it. That is uh, Holiday on the Buses. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And um, Michael will be hosting our next one. Yay. Yes, Michael. Which one? Which 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 film? Are you, uh, what am I watching? Mad Cows. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> helpful <laughs> i don't know with... what it is i don't know who it stars um but that's what we're watching next uh, mad cows <laughs> it's not it's not it's not unfortunately a gripping thriller about the um the farm the dairy industry scandal <laughs> of, the ni- of, of the mid-90s it's not that right but it's uh, it stars anna freel and joanna lumley they've both done good things not this though what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> everything. Dear God, everything. <laughs> so, uh, all that leaves us to say is thank you very much for listening. Uh, how can they get hold of you, Michael Bell? We're force. Um, <laughs> and a big That's met. not domestic assault. <laughs> and a big <laughs> uh, No, they can check me out on... Uh, well, I don't really use Twitter anymore. Um, find me on Instagram, Moon on the Stick. I've got some nice things. Nice pictures there. Oh, uh, I also uh, review benches. It's amazing. Um, yeah, if you want to check that out, it is bench um, underscore spotting on Instagram. I review benches out of 10 that I see on walks. If you want me to review a bench, send one in to me. My DMs are open, as the kids say. He would also like to hear about film-based benches, if you can find them. Yeah, I've got that. I'm going to do the Forrest Gump one coming up, actually. So, yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I'm trying to That's a little benches. exclusive for the podcast there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and also, oh, the, bench, um, the bench, the bench from JFK. Kevin Costner's getting told all the secrets. Okay, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, yeah, send me a link and I'll do that one as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll look for that one. Yeah. So that's me. Yeah. Uh, uh, get in touch with me. That's yes. Lorcan Mullen, L O R C A N M U L L A for 
all for fun and fun for all, which I think was one of the old Butlin's uh, catchphrases. Uh, <laughs> N for the N in knobbly knees competitions, but with no K before it, obviously. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, uh, putting that gmail.com at the end of it. That's my email address. You can get in touch with the show, Pod and Podcast at gmail.com. Tom, yourself and your comedy duo? Uh, well, you can find me at Tom Hodkinson, because I'm very simple like that. Uh, of course, spell uh, Tom with an H, because, you know, H stands for holiday yeah. on the buses. Um, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, the moon. Uh, <laughs> you can find me in all these different things. As for the double act that Michael and myself are part of... <gasps> You can find us at the Kamikaze Club on Twitter. You can find us at the Kamikaze Club if you search for us on Facebook. And uh, Kamikaze Club HQ at gmail.com should you need to email us. Wow, you're Email is still a thing. Right then, well, we've mocked this film for a while now. We've also mocked its two predecessors. But let's be honest, people actually put some effort into making this. People took times out of their day to record to light, to uh, do makeup and costume, to act and perform, to write. People actually put time and effort into this film. This week, I, being dyspraxic, uh, nearly squashed a woman on the bus. Mm, How fitting for this episode. Very much so. So yes, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully we'll see you again for the next episode. If not, fuck you. (laughs) But please do come back. This podcast was rated PG. <laughs> yes, Bye. goodbye. Bye. That's not domestic abuse. Ugh.